0: Conversation and they said something like this I wish there was a way that we could talk to people who are far away, that we could talk to our friends and our family who live far away, that we could talk to them as though they were right there, we could hear their voice. We wouldn't have to wait for somebody on a horse to deliver a letter. Can you imagine somebody sitting there saying, I wish. That someday could be something like that. And then a while later, a group of inventors sitting down together. And one of them says, I want to make a prediction. I predict that someday there is going to be a gadget that we can talk into and hear from. And be able to communicate with family and friends that are far away. I predict it's going to happen someday. And then as time went on, a man named Alexander Graham Bell was speaking to a group. And he brought up the same subject of what people had been wishing for and and predicting. And he says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to come up with something like that. And he said to that group, I promise you, I'll make it happen. And he did. And the telephone was invented. Began this process of development until the norm today is that everyone has a phone or two or three of all kinds. What started out as a wish, a move to a prediction or a prophecy, to a promise given, to a promise fulfilled, now is the norm. Think about the Holy Spirit. In the book of Numbers, Moses made a statement, and he started out with these words, I wish. He said, I wish that all of God's people would have the Holy Spirit as he did. Because they didn't in Moses' day. Moses had the Holy Spirit. God was giving the Holy Spirit to certain people at certain times to empower them to carry out a certain work for him. And so Moses says, I wish he knew what it was like. I wish that someday all of God's people would experience what I'm experiencing. The Holy Spirit in their lives. And then when you come to the book of Joel toward the end of the Old Testament, the prophet Joel makes a prediction. He gives a prophecy from God and he says the day is coming when God will pour out His Spirit on all His people, young, old, men, women. A prediction of a future time when the wish would come true. And then along came Jesus. And if you would just glance at John chapter 7, Jesus made a promise. He says in verse 37 of John 7, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. And John makes a statement. By this, Jesus meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time, the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. But Jesus promised. He said, those who believe in me will receive the Spirit. Right before Jesus left, Acts chapter 1. He's speaking with his disciples. And he repeats the promise. He says in verse 4 of Acts 1, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised. The gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. He says, in a few days... You will receive the Holy Spirit, the gift that I promised. And we know that according to Acts chapter 2, in a few days it happened. The promise was fulfilled. And all of those Jewish believers who were gathered together received the Holy Spirit. The promise was fulfilled. And then in Acts chapter 8, we find the promise fulfilled among the Samaritan believers for the first time. And then in Acts chapter 10, we find the promise fulfilled for the first time among Gentile believers. And then from Romans and on in the New Testament, it's the norm. Every follower of Jesus Christ indwelt by the Holy Spirit. What started as a wish that Moses had and moved to a prophecy, a prediction of the future that Joel gave, to Jesus promising it would happen, to it being fulfilled, is now the norm. The indwelling of the Holy Spirit in all of God's people. We're going to go back to the promise part, and that's why we're going to be in John 14, 15, and 16, because here is another record of Jesus promising that the Holy Spirit would indwell all of God's people. We're just going to work through this briefly, how Jesus made this promise. He's going to talk about the Holy Spirit. After he has left, he's going to send the Holy Spirit to live within his people's lives. In uh, chapter 14, verse 16, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. In verse 26, again, he says, But the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, And again in 1526, when the Counselor comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth. In the Bible I'm using, it's referring to the word Counselor, the Holy Spirit being referred to as Counselor. In some Bibles it's Helper, in some Bibles it's Comforter, in some Bibles it's Advocate. Why different words? Well, the Greek word that appears there is paraclete. If you want to write it down, it's P-A-R-A-C-L-E-T-E. Make sure you get the L in there or you have parakeet. Okay? <clears throat> it's parakeet. What it means is one called alongside to help. And because that's what the word means, and that's what the Holy Spirit is being called in these scriptures, sometimes it'll say help. Sometimes advocate, sometimes counselor, sometimes even encourager. Because it simply means one called alongside to help. And that's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives in God's to help, to come alongside and help. And we need help. We need comfort. certainly need comfort, don't we? We've learned that in the last two weeks. And the Spirit of God is the comforter. The Bjorks need comfort. And the Spirit is in as the comforter we all need comfort and jesus promised that the spirit would come and the spirit would be the comforter we all need counsel right we need counsel we need guidance we need direction maybe right now in your life that's your need you need direction Well, Jesus promised that He would give the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit in His people would be a counselor. One who would give guidance. Would give direction. And if you're a Christian this morning and you need counsel. You need direction. Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would provide that for you. We all need encouragement. We need encouragement. You need to be encouraged? Jesus promised the Holy Spirit would come and be an encourager. The one called alongside to help, to give encouragement. And then he goes on in chapter 14, verse 26. And he says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Aren't you glad that's the promise? Aren't you glad that Jesus promised the Holy Spirit who would live in you and He would be a reminder to you? He would help you remember the things Jesus has taught you, the things you have learned. you ever experienced that work of the Holy Spirit at just the right time? you find yourself remembering something really important that Jesus said. Something really important that you learned from the Word of God. Sometimes, we didn't even know we had learned it. But apparently, it had come in somewhere, some way. But Jesus promised He would give us His Holy Spirit who would help us remember the things that He has taught us. The things that He Has said he's a reminder. And then you'll notice in these texts, Jesus calls the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth, the spirit of truth. And we need truth. We need truth more today than ever before. Because there are so many voices out there that we run into day after day that claim they have the truth. But Jesus promised that He would give us His Holy Spirit who would live in us and who would guide us into truth. Take a look at uh, chapter 16, verse 13. Jesus makes the promise. He says, but when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. Christian friends, the Holy Spirit lives in you. He's the Spirit of truth. And Jesus promised He would guide you into all truth. We saw the Spirit of God do that work at Bible camp a couple weeks ago. Eleventh and twelfth graders, on Wednesday night... Actually, all week, but on Wednesday night, we're presented with truth. You see, whenever God's Spirit guides into truth, He will guide into the Scriptures, right? God's Word, which is truth. And on Wednesday night, two weeks ago, we talked about the difference between mistakes and sin and the tendency for Christians to call their sins mistakes, And the truth that was presented to these teenagers was that if you call your sin a mistake, that will not lead to repentance. You don't repent of a mistake. You repent of sin. And that we need to start taking seriously our sin as Christians, because God does. After that chapel, after the Spirit of God had presented that truth, there were 11th and 12th graders on their knees repenting of sin. And half of those on their knees repenting of sin were teenage boys deciding to take seriously their sin and turn from it. And one of the young ladies who had been on her knees came up to me afterwards and she said that she, quite a while back, had addressed sin in her life. She had repented of sin. She had actually turned from it. She wasn't involved in it anymore. But she said, tonight, God took the guilt away. She said, even though I dealt with that sin a while back, the guilt just keeps coming back, and I can't get rid of the guilt, the feeling of guilt, that I was involved in that. And we talked about how that guilt does not come from God. When you're forgiven, when repentance has taken place, that guilt doesn't come from God. And that night she said God took the guilt away as she knelt before him. But all of that was in response to the truth. And it was an example of the power of the Holy Spirit to guide into truth. And when the Spirit of God guides into truth, people respond. There was a song that the young people sang at camp. And one of the lines in it says, we want truth. Tell us the truth. And then after that line in the song, all of the students yell out, we want it, we want it. And standing back there worshiping with them, you get the chills when you hear all of these teenagers saying they want truth. They want it. They want to know the truth. And it's the Spirit of God who guides into truth. Jesus promised. He said, The Holy Spirit will come and He will live in you, and He's the Spirit of truth, and He will guide you into all truth. He promised. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, after He had reminded His disciples of that promise to send His Holy Spirit before He left, He says one other thing about the Spirit in verse 8. Acts eight, He says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus said, When this promise comes, when this promise is fulfilled, when the Holy Spirit comes to live in you, you will receive power. Not physical power, but you'll receive power to be my witnesses. You'll receive a new boldness. You'll receive this new ability to be my witnesses wherever you are. And notice Jesus said, my witnesses. Remember, the Holy Spirit was sent to glorify Jesus. And the promise was when he comes to live in you, he will empower you to be Jesus' witness. To speak of Jesus. To boldly talk of Jesus. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus promised that He would do that in our lives. And then in Romans 8, let's have one more thing here. In Romans chapter 8, Paul is talking about the Holy Spirit and the work of the Spirit. And in verse 15 of Romans 8, he says, You did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. And by Him, by the Spirit... We cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. We need assurance. We need counsel. We need comfort. We need encouragement. We need reminders. We need truth. We need power. But we also need assurance. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit Who is in us as the fulfillment of Jesus' promise communicates with our spirit to assure us we belong to Jesus. We belong to the Father. You ever experienced that work of the Spirit? You ever experienced doubts, uncertainty? We need assurance. And the Spirit was given to be this one inside of us to keep reminding us we belong. We belong. God is your Father. Jesus is your Lord. And He speaks with our spirit. and He works with our spirit to assure us, to give us that certainty. Because we need certainty. We need assurance. And the Spirit was promised as someone who would come and live in us and keep assuring us that we belong to God as His people. <clears throat> so, the message this morning is simply, Christian friends, we have what we need. We have what we need. We need comfort. We need counsel. We need encouragement. We need reminder. So we need reminders. We need power. We need boldness. And we need assurance. We can't live our lives wondering where we're at with Jesus. We need assurance. And when Jesus fulfilled his promise and sent the Holy Spirit to live within every one of his people, we got what we needed. The promised gift of the Holy Spirit. He's no longer a wish. He's no longer a prediction. He's no longer a promise. The promise has been fulfilled, it's the norm. Everyone who believes in Jesus, who trusts him for salvation, has been indwelt by the Holy Spirit. And because of that, we have what we need. We have what we need. We just need to understand that, friends. We need to believe that. Now, whether you believe it or not doesn't change the fact of it. If you've trusted Christ for salvation, His Spirit lives in you. And that means these things that we need are there through the work of the Holy Spirit. We need to believe that, and we need to understand that. We need to understand that we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. And because of that, we can have comfort. We can have counsel. We can have encouragement. We can have those reminders. We can have power and boldness. And we can have assurance. Promise made, promise kept. Jesus made the promise and He kept the promise. Now what are we going to do about it? Let me suggest this. In the last year, not many churches, not many circles of Christians in our nation have experienced revival. Why not? Because so many churches, so many circles of Christians have lost sight of who lives in them. And what he wants to do in them and through them. And we've been sidetracked. Look at what Jesus promised the Spirit would do in our lives. If those things aren't the ingredients for revival, what is? Revival isn't unbelievers getting saved. Revival is when those who have been saved get revived. And part of revival and being revived is to come back to what Jesus promised that He would give us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit would do these works, these things we need. We've got to get back to that and let Him do His work. Let Him do His work. And maybe it means getting on our knees. But we need to understand once again. We need to come back to what Jesus said the Spirit was given for we need to experience these things again (laughs) that he wants to do in our lives. But it can be a struggle. And on Wednesday night, we're going to talk about that struggle and why it's a struggle and what we can do about it. But for now, we just need to celebrate. We need to celebrate this promise made and this promise kept of the Holy Spirit living in us. Can you just try to fathom that? I'm not saying, could you fathom it? Could you try to fathom the Holy Spirit of the sovereign God, Lord of the universe, lives in you and wants to meet those needs that you and I have? Let's thank Him, okay? Let's bow in prayer. And I'd like you, if you are a child of God, you've trusted Christ for salvation, I would like you, in your own words, to just thank God for giving you the gift, the promise of the Holy Spirit. Thank Him. And ask that Spirit to do His work that Jesus promised He would do. Because you need it. Let's thank him. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you for keeping your promises. Jesus, you promised that when you left, you would send your Holy Spirit. And you did. You kept your promise. And what was once a wish, a prediction, a promise is now reality. it's the norm in the Christian life. We who belong to You, Jesus, Your Spirit lives in us. Thank You. We celebrate what that means. We need Your Spirit. Father, help us. Help us to depend on Him. Help us to submit to Him. Help us to follow him. Help us to let him control so that these needs that you promised he would meet would be met. And may that lead to revival in our lives, revival in your church, and others being drawn to this salvation that they too might experience the indwelling of your spirit in their lives. Amen.